Blog Talk Radio. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, August 29, 2009. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondine. We're coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio with fresh news every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a great show for you, but before we get started, let's lay a rule. When you call in to speak your opinions, comments, or views, please turn down your speakers on your mobile phones and landlines. Now that we got that out of the way, we have a few guests on our show, and we will introduce them as we go, okay? Um, We're going to be talking about uh, police misconduct, and also we're going to talk about how to how to have a budget. Now, what I mean by that is the inquiring of a, of, of a gentleman that's going to come on to our show perhaps around about 7 to 8 p.m., and he's going to talk about how to thrive on a teacher's salary, okay? And we will get more involved in that a little later. However, we're going to be talking on a few things and how we're going to get solutions to the uh, police misconduct situation on how the community and the police can get along together as well. Um, And then perhaps a little later we're going to, you know, give off a few other things that we would like to say as well. But stay tuned for all of that. I just want you to know that if you want to make comments and you want to say something, say something. Just call in at 347-884-8684, And if you would like to email either Brother Blondie or myself, you can contact us at WClardy, that is W-C-L-A-R-D-Y, at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com, or Brother Blondie, at hotmail.com. We will be right back. Thank 
Alright, alright, alright. You are here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And you know, you know who you're listening to there. You know that it's his birthday today. And you know, we're going to be playing his music all throughout this show that we are talking about this evening. Now, I do want to reiterate you know that we have a guest that is going to be coming on to the show. But he will be coming on the show between the hours of 7 and 8 p.m. And this time is devoted to Danny Kofke, who will be talking on how to survive and perhaps thrive on a teacher's salary, okay? So we'll stay tuned for that at the top of the hour of 7 o'clock. However, we're going to start this thing off at the top of the hour of 6 to 7 on police misconduct. And you know you've heard about the news and everything that was out about Michael Jackson and all of what then happened to him and where they are standing with the physician that they feel that committed homicide. So I'm going to turn this over to Brother Blondie so that you can get the full news on this, okay? And we're going to have a good time today talking on this subject for one hour. Brother Blondie, take it from here. Well, you know, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, uh, 
Uh, thanks once again for uh, having me as your co-host. I'm uh, Brother Blondie, the co-host of the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And what you just heard is a Michael Jackson classic from 30 years ago from his off-the-wall CD. That's called Burn This Disco Out. We knew he had the hits, but we played the album cuts as well. We play the album cuts on Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk. Uh, yet, uh, and, and, you know, again, like uh, as Lardy Miss Clardy uh, told you earlier, we will be playing uh, all the Michael Jackson classics from, uh, you know, from all of his uh, early hits, uh, you know, Thriller and Bad and uh, all that other. It's a, a wonderful day, and we're going to uh, start this off, Lardy Miss Clardy, with some uh, Michael Jackson news. And this is from the Columbus Dispatch, and out of Los Angeles, uh they ruled, uh, they officially ruled uh, Michael Jackson's death a homicide, according to the L.A. County uh, coroner. And is homicide and a combination of drugs uh, was the cause. And, and you know, just to uh, simply uh, break this down, and it says here, according to the document, uh, Dr. Conrad Murray said he had been treating Jackson for insomnia for about six weeks with 50 milligrams of propofol every night via, you, you, you know, in traveler's drip. But he said he feared Jackson was forming an addiction to the uh, anesthetic, which is normally used only in hospitals, and was lowering the dose to 25 milligrams, adding the sedatives, uh, lorazepam, and... Uh, Millazolum. Now, <laughs> yes, and uh, I, I, I mean, here's here's the facts that we do know, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy. The fact is, when he died, you know, Dr. Murray was the only one in there. He was in his room. He admitted that he tried to do CPR on, on the bed. Which uh, any anyone knows you're supposed to do it on hard uh, surfaces. You 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 know to me and you know it says here criminal charge still not a certainty. Well, uh, let's face it, this not going to be first degree murder. I mean, this is a typical old school black on black crime. Where as usual, uh, the other side of racial injustice. Dr. Murray gets a slap on the wrist on. On uh, this one, this ain't no death row case. This ain't no life in prison with no eligibility of parole case. So I'm setting the record <laughs> straight right here and now. <laughs> hey, Brother Blondie, can I ask a question? Sure. You know, where do you think that, uh, uh, you know, far as police would come involved in this, do you think that there's any kind of misconduct that they would uh, not do their job. I mean, you know, police have a, a, a relative big role in 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 doing the arrest and going down there with the prosecutor and you know drumming up the charges for the homicide. You know, uh, do you think? You, do you really believe? You know that um, this is another rig that they didn't that they didn't done at this point where they don't want to uh, where they don't want to you know, put the poor 
physician in jail for life instead of, you know, giving a slap on the wrist as though like it's his first time? I, I mean, uh, you, you know, in certain cases, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, um, the sad part about this type of ordeal with uh, Michael Jackson, and this is another uh, part of the fraudulent judicial system that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about the other drug dealers, the the legit drug dealers, the doctors that uh, pr- prescribe these uh, uh, prescribed medications. And keep in mind, this is brand name stuff. You're dealing with a celebrity. So it's going to be brand name medicine, not uh, the -the over-the-counter generics that you can get for $4 at Myers. Uh, Not that. uh, uh, They they, they treat them with that and they feed them with that. The the bottom line is, uh, you know, Dr. Conrad Murray, and the other doctors. It's not just him. There are other doctors who treated Lardy Miss Clardy. And the bottom line is, not near damn doctor followed the Wendy Clardy playbook to stand up, speak up, and speak out. They rather have his his money, drain him out out of his account, saying you owe, and he pays up, and all uh, all that other uh, stuff. This ain't you, you you know as high profile as this is. This not going to be any uh, uh, major uh, justice. I am I am telling you this. I am setting the record straight on what would have been Michael Jackson's fifty uh, first birthday, Lardy Miss Clardy. Thank you for that, Brother Blondie. Um, um, we might as well go on ahead and, you know, see what a caller got to say about this. I'm sure that there's a caller that want to do a shout-out and have something to say on this. So I am going to uh, call on this caller and let's see where this caller's uh, viewpoint may be um, as soon as I am able to get this caller on here, of course. <laughs> you know, but until then, uh, <laughs> I am going to say that, uh, you know, that I believe that police, you know, who all that's involved in on these things, you know, the police have a big part to play in them, making sure that uh, one gets justice, you know. And, you know, and again, you know, you're talking about a black man and then another black man that committed the crime, you know, it's the sad thing that they won't be able to or they won't, you know, as you would put it, uh, you know, do justice because whether white or black, blue or brown, if they committed a homicide and it was shown for sure that that person had killed someone, it shouldn't have a slap on the wrist for nothing. It should get the the uh, the the, the biggest the biggest penalty that there is for the crime that's committed, and it should not be held back. Now, I'm going to talk to this caller and see what this caller has to say about this. Caller 5184, uh, 5185, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm on the line. Um, well, hello there. How are you? Welcome uh, to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Yeah, those nice topics. Well, if you have anything that you want to say about this, stand up, speak up, and speak out, whatever it may be. We're listening. Well, I think that Michael Jackson 
to death is a mourning. We mourning him like Martin Luther King. The other people yeah. might be outraged or angry about, but this is a wound, and I want their mourning process like I lost a family member. I didn't realize how much I would until he was gone. You don't realize till they gone the impact they had on our life. And I could think back all the way ever, ever. I'm 36 years old. I was born in 73. I don't remember Michael Jackson ever being here. It's just an outrage to me how people turn doing really fast. And if you ever listen to him, Michael Jackson says what he feels in his songs. He just sat down one day and felt this and wrote it. And he he was just victimized by society, by his family, and by the doctors. And I don't believe the police are going to drag their feet on this because everybody loved Michael Jackson, and that's just the bottom line. Everybody loves him. So you think and you feel as though that, you know, the the police are, you said that the police, you don't think they're going to drag their feet on this, but um, do you think that they're going to literally give the um, give give the same penalty of 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 uh, to to Dr. Murray, you know, as though like any other murderer, do you think that they're gonna give him the highest penalty on what it is that he has done, or will they just give him a minimum sentence because it's his first time? I think because he's a doctor. Doctors, in general, I believe, get away with the average lady they wouldn't give away with because they have that malpractice, that practice. They always say it's a practice. So the mistakes can be brushed under the table or, you know, like if I came and did it and I don't have any business giving someone some medicine at all, then they're going to label me a drug dealer. But because he's a doctor and he was examining the different things to help his patients, they're going to play it in that course. Like the malice comes in when he started making the phone calls and didn't just come in. Now, the jury sitting on the bench, if they go in front of the jury, now that's where he's going to have his problems. As the five people that's not going to sympathize and think he's wrong, they're going to have to dig real deep. Real deep. That's what I believe. I'm sorry, Adam. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, sorry about that. Let me read, uh, uh, Pete, what I uh, said because I had it on mute. Uh, you, uh, everybody uh, out there, I'm introducing you to the world. This is my good old friend and buddy, Brandy. Uh, Brandy, how you doing today on Michael Jackson's birthday? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I've been rejoicing. We've been watching the dangerous. Concert and listening to it and talking to the young ones. I got them from 17 to 30 in here. And we just rejoicing. And what was Michael and was always going to be Michael. 
He's going to be like Beethoven. People going to know Michael Music and don't even know why they know it forever. So, uh, you, and one more uh, quick question that I wanted to ask you be, uh, before I bring it back to uh, Lardy Miss uh, Clardy. Uh, how big of an influence did Michael Jackson play a part in your life as far as you uh, growing up listening to music, uh, period? I believe Michael changed everything. What Michael did, we did. Michael wanted to change the world. I wanted to change the world. When Michael wanted to to beat it, I wanted him to beat it. He wanted to rock with him. I wanted to rock with him. And I still still do. You know, I've been listening all last six weeks, every day. I just start crying, stop crying, and I'll start rejoicing. It's happy birthday. I got the sign on the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely do, do agree with you there, Brandy, because, you know, when when Michael died, you know, that kind of like put a dent in my heart, you know, because I've always looked up to Michael Jackson. You know, even when I was a little girl, when I first started off singing and stuff and I saw that little little young guy called Michael Jackson when he first started off and he was twirling on the stage and carrying on I said that's where I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be that right there and you know and I grew I grew up with with Michael Jackson so you know I can remember you know all that all those all those different um, um, albums that he had put out and how it made me feel and to know that a great artist like that has, uh, you know, went on, you know, in a tragic way, um, it's very, very startling and it does hurt me. You know, it hurts really bad that, you know, it had to end that way because he had more to go. But perhaps, you know, who knows, you know, sometimes, you know, God has a way of, you know, getting his uh, getting his stars, putting them out there so he can be a big light, and then after they finish, they run, then they got to go just like Martin Luther King did. You know what I'm saying? They have done their part, but it still hurts, you know, because, you know, you, you wasn't finished. You know, it's just like having a family member. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't finished, you know, and they wanted to have a little more joy. You are not alone. He gonna always be with us. He yeah. said it. He said it. Yes, he did. We gonna heal the world and just keep making a better place. That's what he wanted us to do. He did. He came in, made it a better place, and left. And we gonna have to follow through. That's right. Just like Martin Luther King yeah. had said to us, we have to follow through. Definitely, that is correct. And so, you know, that's why we are doing what we got to do to get it together because, you know, when you have beautiful people like, you know, heroes and different things that's out there that's really trying to give inspiration and confidence to, you know, a whole mass of people, you know, only but a few of us actually catch a hold of that and actually become it, you know, because you want to be like somebody. We always want to do something positive. Not all of us, of course, but the majority of us really need someone to help show the way. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching The Dangerous, and all he said, when he said, come out with, he said, 
I'm only human. He's only <laughs> every rock, every star that hit it big had some kind of drug scandal around them. And and if it was drugs because you were partying and drugs because you were wounded, that's two different things. And he was a wounded heart because he was tender. And he wanted to sleep and, and forget stuff, not go out in the bars and kick it and get high. That's two totally different things. That's two totally different things. And I feel disrespected when they make him like a crackhead or something because that's not what it was. I don't believe that at all. Hello? I mean, uh, when Michael Jackson died on uh, June 25th of this past year, you know, it's been one of the saddest uh, days in my life. And uh, he he was very uh, inspiration uh, to, to me, uh, very powerful. And uh, uh, one thing Tyree said uh, today on uh, – BET Wendy that uh, stuck with me, and this is about Michael Jackson's concerts. Never again would you go to a concert where there's, uh, you know, 20, 30 tents with uh, ambulances and all all that stuff uh, waiting for uh, people to pass out and they faint, they have an anxiety attack, uh uh, you, you you know all those uh, other type things just be because you know uh, someone like uh, Michael Jackson and, and, and you know he he always uh, be be an inspiration uh, in, in my life. I I will always uh, uh, listen to his music and uh, play his music till the uh, day I die. And uh, you, you you know just like you, Brandy, I'm I'm a down hard. Uh, uh, my, Michael Jackson fan from the uh, uh, very beginning, but you, you know what I met though in terms of the uh, judicial side of it, I do see the police putting 100 uh, percent effort in, in this case. At mm-hmm. the same time, I don't see any uh, prosecuting attorney going for the death penalty or life uh, without any eligibility for parole. But do you feel there should be more doctors other than Dr. Murray that should be investigated? I believe they need to go. Yes, I do, because he didn't start with Dr. Murray. He probably got to people, and in in, in normal circumstances, if you do something, the doctor's going to tell if you're a normal layman. But with Michael just being as strong and influenced as he was, they'll just shut it and let him go by. He's Mike. Don't say nothing. I won't be cut off from that hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. He wants it, and I'm gonna give it to him. And that part of it, they, I mean, it's hard to say no to someone that you love. And being a parent, I know that. But you got to, you got to break down and get them help if they need help. And he didn't do it. And I can sometimes think that that man was probably just sitting there thinking, I killed Michael Jackson. You know, and how do you react to that? How fast are you going, you know, what am I doing? Because my life will never change again once I 
make this phone call. I killed Michael Jackson. And he know he did. And he made a vow to be a doctor. I'm sure when he started it, he wanted to help people. He never thought he'd kill Michael Jackson. And I don't know, he needs to go to jail with with Manson, but he needs to be made, it needs to be a message put out there because there's other Michael Jacksons right now out there that they're getting stuff from the doctors because they're the stores and they got money. And they're going to just keep letting them do what they do until they find them dead somewhere. And, oh, well, we make American Idol and try to make some more. You can't make stars like that. They've got to make them. God make them. We got to take care of them. Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, you know, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, uh, uh, this Michael Jackson cut was from the Thriller album, uh, You Want to Be Starting Something. Mm. Uh, you know, show the tough side of uh, Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you know, the Black Anti-Defamation Council will hold its meeting next Sunday on uh, September 6th at uh, 3 p.m. at 899 East Broad Street in the uh, Columbus, Ohio area. For more details, uh, contact uh, Tyrone Thomas at area code 614-668-4837. That's area code uh, 614-668-4837. And speaking of the Black Anti-Defamation Council, uh, uh, Lordy Miss Clardy, two weeks ago, uh, we had a meeting where uh, Kahari and Aharo of Straight Talk Live was there, uh, uh, Attorney Byron uh, Potts, and uh, uh, Erica Connors from the uh, uh, NAACP. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we had a meeting uh, on uh, the incident that happened on August 1st at uh, the Walmart in Whitehall on uh, Main Street where uh, an 84-year-old woman with Alzheimer's was uh, jumped on by a white female police officer from the Whitehall Police Department. 
the YouTube video clearly shows uh, the officer uh, uh, slamming the uh, 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 officer Scott, I, I believe, uh, slammed uh, uh, Miss uh, Virginia Dobson. That's the, that's her name. Uh, she slammed Virginia Dobson to the ground, and uh, blood was gushing out of her head. Head, and you you, you know the, it was a lot of questions of that because she had a knife in one hand and a cane in the the other you you know everybody can look at her and tell that she's an elderly uh a woman a 84 year old woman with uh alzheimers uh and and you know there was a meeting about that uh in Whitehall you you know the voice your uh, uh, yeah as yeah on the uh 18th i, I believe and uh there was you you know people voicing their opinions about what's going on in the Whitehall uh c- community you know only only three uh African Americans uh, uh went to the uh, meeting only one spoke uh about the incident and you know I was there you, you know as an uh, observer but there were more complaints Lardy Miss Clardy about the pit bull issue in in Whitehall as a Opposed to uh, uh, the incident at Walmart, so they say the officer uh, did the right thing, uh, but yet there was more talk about the pit bull thing because there was supposed to uh, be a vote on the ban of pit bulls, and I guess uh, the vote was in the uh, pit bulls in Whitehall stays for now, and. Uh, you, you you know I I I understand you know people's love for animals, but when you fighting for pit bulls more than you are an 84 year old with uh, Alzheimer's, and but what really stunned me the most, Lardy Miss Clardy, there were no Alzheimer's groups there uh, to stand up, speak up, and uh, speak out for Miss uh, Virginia Dobson, and that concerned me. Uh, a, a lot more so than you, you know African Americans per se, because you know uh, we're portrayed. We've always been portrayed as we don't stick together. But I, but I definitely thought you know Alzheimer's groups would definitely you, you know stand up, speak up, and speak out uh, for someone like uh, Virginia Dobson. And and I need to ask uh, uh, you. Excuse me. Are you surprised to know that uh, not their Alzheimer's group uh, can't get came to the meeting?
Look, Wendy, a black person gets more outraged over wondering whether or not their boyfriend or girlfriend is cheating on them than they are about an 84-year-old African-American woman with Alzheimer's. And, 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 and you know, I... I you, you know that's the this is well you well Wendy you you got to bring the yang brother Blondie got to bring the yang and look it's for mature audiences for a reason here uh, I don't I don't pull no uh, uh, punches I'm going sugarcoat and, and sweep it up uh, under the rug it, it 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 is what it is I mean the and I'm going to say it again. You are more angry, angry when you think about whether or not your mate is cheating than than you are about this 84 year old elderly victim here. She she's a victim of a heinous crime that's been shown on uh, YouTube for uh, in fact all month. I mean uh, it's it's sad. Uh, it's not fair. It's not right. Uh, you, you you know, and we we going to talk more about this at the uh, next week's Black Anti Defamation uh, Council meeting, uh, which will be next Sunday at three o'clock at the uh, uh, 
899 East Broad Street uh, for those who live in the Columbus area. And, you you know, this breaks my heart uh, personally. You you know, I, I have a grandmother that's 83, and I, I would be outraged on, you, you know, something like that. You uh, you can take a knife out of an 84-year-old woman's hand without throwing her down or, and, and you know, bashing uh, bashing her head where, where you know where, where where you know blood is uh, you you know splattered all over the uh, pavement and, and and you know I'm I'm also surprised Walmart ain't uh, said in, anything. I I thought Walmart uh, cared about his uh, uh, customers. I mean and, and you know they do have pharmacists who who you sell prescription medication and. Or that certainly they of all people would understand you you know the special care that uh, someone with uh, Alzheimer's uh, need and and my grandmother her her mom my uh, late great grandmother she had Alzheimer's and so you you know uh, I can personally re- relate to this uh, uh, story uh, Wendy where if an 84 year old can be a victim. Uh, to uh, p- police brutality, obviously anyone can. I agree with that, Brother Blondie. I truly do. And you know, and I think that this caller has gotten back on the on the line again. And I'm gonna try to bring this caller in, and hopefully that she'll be able to give us a little bit of light on a few things here too. Um, caller 5185, are you there on the line? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay, we have been trying to get in contact with you, but you got off, so I'm glad that you're back on. There's a couple of things that we want to ask you, you know, because we're talking on the police misconduct right here in in our communities and what you see, you know. Um, what is your take on when you see, uh, you know, misconduct from the police here in Columbus, Ohio, in your community, what's your take on that? Well, I think that it's a little, you know, hard for the young black um, African-American males, you know, around here to, you uh-huh. know, even try and get a job because, Walk around here and they try and, you know, dress the way they want to dress. They still get racially profiled as being a drug dealer. And okay. I think they're not, you know, they're pretty mean to them. Well, I thank you for that. You know, do you think that, um, do you think that they will, uh, do you think that there might be a few things that can be changed? How? The police is profiling our brothers, you know, in the community. Do you think that there might be a solution to what can help, you know, the police not view all the brothers the same as though like they're drug dealers? Would you happen to have a a solution, you know, something that they can think about before they start, you know, just profiling people just because they can or because they don't know no other way? I think that they, I think it is a solution if, you know, maybe, I think really what these kids are seeing on TV and then what they go out and try and do, they're getting, you know, they're getting mixed signals 
and they're not really getting the tools that they need to do what they want in life. They're teaching well, them what about to glorify you? me, myself. Yeah, what about um, you? What kind of solution you think that the police ought to, you know, to do about how they profile, you know, people? I think that Go they ahead. should be more um, interactive with the community. I think that they in should what start as in being around, maybe talking to all these people that are walking around instead of just walking up trying to arrest people. That's the only time you see the police. What do maybe you think that... Well, do you think that, you know, in them, you know, interacting with the community that, you know, would you like to see them out of the uniform to, yes. you know, no, you know, to I be normal? Should, I think that they should stay in uniform. But they should have, okay. like, little, we got a whole bunch of little open lots around here. Churches come and put up tents and say hi to everybody and tell them to come over here and listen to the good world and get a hot dog or something. I think that the uh-huh. police should do that too. They should have fundraisers right here in the ghetto where we are. I think okay, so they can, okay. So they can show the kids that the police aren't the bad guys. We're just trying to help y'all stay safe. You know what I mean? Right, so, because that's right. As most kids, you tell a little four-year-old nowadays, the police coming. You can get a little kids to try and run and hide. Some kids don't even know that the police is here to help them. Little kids only see the police when they're coming to take daddy, uncle, my brother, take mommy away, grandma, grandpa. They don't see the police when they're trying to, you know, go to school. They're passing out book bags. They're not, you know, you know, police. They just, they got a bad reputation when it comes well, to the ghetto. Well, well, well not only uh, uh, that, uh, Brandy, let me ask you uh, uh, this. When... When you see the police uh, co- uh, commit a crime, you know, like, you know, racial profiling, uh, p- police uh, b- brutality, or, you know, uh, shooting at unarmed men, do you feel that they should be held just as accountable and get just as much of a stiffer uh, punishment than a civilian who commits that exact same crime? Um, I don't want to be politically correct answering that because I think that every situation has to be examined. And I have to, I, also, I look at the police side and as a job every day doing what they do, I, I think my nerves would be bad. And I think a lot of things that the police do as me and my personality and back to just being human, um, it's a thing called racial racial profiling, but a lot of people that I see, they don't try to not look like criminals. They try to be look like criminals when they're not. And I would be scared to death as a police officer. And I probably would shoot or tase or do something out of line and be in trouble because people scare me and they're, they don't like the police, adults. And they teach their kids not to like them, too. And I grew up next to a police officer, and I have family members that are cops. And I've had cops. I, I don't like it when the police overlook things. My son have done things, and the police that, that come directly around us all the time, they'll overlook things that they shouldn't overlook. And then my child is somewhere else, 
and gets in trouble because the cops that ride around our corner all day don't say anything to him. The rookie came and rode up on my son and and almost arrested him for doing for shooting his BB gun. And the other cops that come around our neighborhood have stopped and watched and laughed and told him you need to shoot at the crackhead over there. And that was wrong. That was wrong. I've had the police say that. And you know. I, and it's fine because they know my son's a good kid, and he could be shooting people with a gun, and he's just playing. He's used to being out in the country with area, and now we're forced in the ghetto, and he can't even go to Blackburn because the predators are there. And our neighborhood is going down, and we need to lift it up. Everybody does, and not just yes. put it on the cops. They're scared. I mean, yes, uh, I I do agree with you, everybody uh uh, needs to uh, uh, lift their, you, you know, come together and uh, uh, lift up. And uh, once again, uh, Brandy, I'm I'm very glad to hear both uh, you and your uh, uh, daughter uh, uh, also named Brandy. You you know yeah, the call totally and, and you know and, and, and you know give us your your expertise on or, or you know what's been going on in our uh, uh, co- communities. What's what's been going on with uh, the 84-year-old woman with with Alzheimer's, and and as well as the uh, 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 Michael Jackson uh, uh, thing. A- anything you want to say about the 84-year-old woman with Alzheimer's, and just and give us a one-minute answer, please. I believe that um, that was out of line, and I believe that there was a better way they could have handled that. I don't know. Um, I don't know in depth about it, but I don't think it's it should be it could ever be right to tase an 84 year old woman if she didn't have Alzheimer's. Somebody has to answer for that in any situation. And I don't. And I'm very surprised no one from the Alzheimer's place showed up for it. That should have been a whole big ordeal, regardless of what okay. she was. Well, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for your comments, and thank you for everything that you have done to come on in the show and, and speak your views on what's going on around here in Columbus, Ohio, in the community, and also, you know, even giving the the solution, because we do believe that, you know, the police do need to be a, a more interactive with the communities by setting up, as you said, you know, some type of forum, fundraiser, whatever, and show that they are, you know, interested in the community rather than to be portrayed by the community as though that they are enemies because that's not good because they are here to protect us and they are considered what we would consider as peace officers. But now we're about ready to go on to the next show here, and we got one minute before the top of the hour. And we're going to be talking on the next hour's we're supposed to be talking to Mr. Danny Kofke, who is uh, an author and also uh, of a book. And and on this book is he's going to be talking about how to survive and perhaps thrive on a teacher's salary. So, you know, we have 
one minute here. We're going to go on and take a break, and then we will be back, and hopefully Danny Kofke will come on to the show, and we will be talking about how to thrive on a teacher's salary. We'll be right back. We love you.
Well, all right, all right. We are back right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for August 29, 2009. And we have just got finished talking in the first hour on Michael Jackson and on a little police misconduct. And now we're in the second hour where we are going to be talking to a guest. His name is Danny Kofke, and he is an author of a book called How to Survive and Perhaps Thrive on a Teacher's Salary. And we're going to talk more with him on this subject because I think every one of us out there that is listening needs to have a little money in our pocket especially in hard times that we are having nowadays, economic issues, you know, that's going on, even though they say that recession we are out of, but we are not out of recession if we don't have no money in our pockets. So I am going to send this on over here to Brother Blondie and allow him to let us know who was that that was singing. Of course, we know, of course. And as I said before, we're going to be playing a lot of his music because today is his birthday. Brother Blondie, kick it off and tell us who was that that was talking about all day and all night rocking with you. Oh, well, the one and only Michael Joseph Jackson and rock with you, you know, from his uh, big off-the-wall seat uh, uh, LP and uh uh, the thing about, you know, that album, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, when he made that album, no one at CBS Records thought that Michael Jackson can top uh, off the wall, but he continued to top that with, of course, Thriller. Uh, once again, he changed everything. He changed MTV. He changed BET. Uh, MTV got more credibility in terms of music videos. BET wasn't even on 24/7, but thanks for uh, Michael Jackson. You, you, you know, it helped BET uh, to, to that promise. And you know, we are uh, celebrating the uh, uh, birthday of Michael Jackson. This is a, a celebration, and you know, anybody else who has a Michael Jackson moment or want to call in and stand up, speak up, and speak out, please call in our our request line number. Three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. Again, that is three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. And uh, you, you know, uh, uh, what's what, what's this day? You, you know, the uh, life of of uh, Michael Jackson, because you know, as a, a spiritual person uh, uh, like yourself, Lardy uh, Miss Clardy. You of all people know that uh, when you hear the voice of Michael Jackson, when you hear his music, when you see him on TV, not just as a a recording artist, but as an ambassador uh, to to the world. I mean, way before you know Fave Off and you, you know Lardy Miss Clardy, Michael Jackson always showed the example to stand up, speak up, and speak out how much of that part of michael jackson become an inspiration not only to you lordy miss clardy as an ordained minister but as a founder of families and victims of fraud
Well, you know, uh, uh, I'm very anxious to hear what uh, uh, Danny Kofsky has to uh, say on this matter about, you know, how to survive a teacher's salary because, you know, the truth of the matter is we need to survive any kind of uh, salary, as, especially as hardworking as a uh, school teacher does. I don't know if you guys are there, but this is Danny Kofsky. It's breaking out and in, and then it comes on and breaks out. So I can't hear anything right now. Mr. Kofsky? Yes. Okay. Okay. I, okay, now... I am on the line with you. Can you hear us? Yes, I can now. Okay. Now, we have introduced you, and I am glad that you are here on the show. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show to help us ex and explain to us the steps necessary for us to follow the save, you know, for a life journey, um, especially when it comes to financial situations. We all need that. So why don't you start by, you know, uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, even though I've already have already said a lot about you already, but I would like to hear from you straight from your mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, first off, thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I am uh, looking forward to uh, talking with both of you guys. And, um, okay, I'm, uh, I'm currently a special education teacher. Um, we live in Georgia now. And in my teaching career, I've also taught kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And my wife, Tracy, was a school teacher. That's how we met. But um, she is now a stay-at-home mom. I have two young daughters, uh, ages five and two. So, okay. Um, you know, and, and over the course, you know, of our married lives, married lives um, you know, Tracy and I, we, we've done some pretty financially savvy, you know, moves to put us in the position that we are in right now. I mean, obviously right. as a school teacher, I mean, you know, most people agree we school teachers are underpaid, and, and you know, most of the time they are. That, you know that we earn a moderate income. I mean, it, there's a lot of jobs out there that pay a lot worse than teachers, so I'm not complaining. But you know, for the most part, we we don't earn a large salary. But right. Chris and I, you know, kind of figured out a way that we could do well, you know, on a moderate income. And you know, when we first started our journey, and after a few years of being, you know, financially savvy and being on the right path colleagues of mine would say, gosh, you guys really have it figured out. You should write a book, you know, to, to help others. And I really did not give it much thought. And I don't know, it was like a year later, something struck me, and I just kind of sat down and started writing. And, uh, you know, over okay. the course of some months, I completed my book and sent it off, and a publishing company accepted it, and now I have a book. So um, <laughs> That's pretty, great. Yeah, pretty cool journey. But, you know, obviously yes, the, target, it is. The, the target audience is teachers, you know, for sure. But with the uh -huh. economic situation being what it is now and, you know, with the economy, you know, being in a depression, recession, whatever, you know, people want to call it, I thought, you know what, it could definitely gear my advice towards, you know, most people, but especially, you know, those people that are in jobs for the passion of it, your firefighters, right. nurses, police officers, right. people, you know, that you don't really hear right. say, you know. Even I mean, entrepreneurs. Yeah, 
small business owners, especially when they're Absolutely. starting out, you don't make much Absolutely. money. So, you know, I, I think it can just, you know, the advice I give can go towards most people. And, you know, the bottom line is if you spend more than you earn, you will be in trouble. And, you know, I know you're talking about Michael Jackson being his birthday and everything today. And, you know, after he passed, he was in debt. There was a, you know, he owed Absolutely. a lot of money. And you think how much money did Michael Jackson make in his life? I mean, a lot. So he made a lot. Yeah, right. Absolutely, so he did. So it just shows that someone like Michael Jackson can be in debt, then any of us can be if we're not careful with, you know, how we spend our money. Right. And Well, you know what? I think um, the question that I want to ask is that one of the ways to be able to make money would be to also figure out how to write a book about your life and what you have done in it. That would be something to start off with, would you think? Yes, it, but, you know, if you are going to be an author, don't expect, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm still, you know, doing my day job. I haven't uh, been on Oprah yet. So, uh, you know, unless you sit on, <laughs> you know, do something like that, authors for the most part, yeah, you can supplement it okay, but, you know, it's not that much money. So, I mean, unless, like I said, you're on a big-time show or something, you know, it really, you know, it, it's cool to have a book and it can lead to some other things, and I would encourage, you know, someone to do it if that's their dream, but, you know, don't don't really think you're probably going to go into it and, you know, make a million dollars because, you know, it could happen. I'm not saying it won't, but odds okay. are, you know, it, it's very hard to have that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely if that's one of your dreams and you want to do it, then by all means go for it. You never know what will happen. Never know. What about how do you retire with a sizable nest egg? How to do that? Um, you know, and this is the thing. A lot of people think investing in financial matters are confusing, and for some people they are, but they don't have to be that difficult. And something, you know, what we do to, to ensure that we're going to, you know, retire with a decent nest egg is something called dollar cost averaging, and that's where every single month a set amount is taken out of our account and we invest it in mutual funds. Now, I, okay. you know, I'm not going to tell you what stocks to invest in. I have a financial advisor that you know, helps me that's more knowledgeable than I am. But the point is if you just get into it and you do it. Oh, I know, you know the stock market is rebounding you know, as we speak mm-hmm, right now, mm-hmm. but you know, it was down for a long time. But I try to tell people, especially my age, I'm 33 years old, if you're investing in the stock market, you don't want that money for at least 10 years. And if you look right. at the course of the stock market, even going back to the Great Depression, it earns about, you know, depending on what you, you know, what chart you look at, but it's between like 8 to 10% a year. It's historical averages of what the stock market will earn. I mean, even okay. right now, you know, since March, the, the stock market is up, you know, over 25% when it was down. So, you know, you, I just kind of go by what's based on the past. I'm not sure exactly, you know, what it's going to be the next year. If I did, you know, I might be sitting on a beach talking to you right now as opposed to my house. <laughs> okay. But, you know, the point is just get involved in it and just a set amount every right. couple of months. And, you know, and a moderate income owner like myself, I mean, there are a lot mm-hmm. of people that didn't make a lot of money per se in their lives, but they can retire pretty comfortably just by, you know, setting a set of amount aside each month to invest in. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask another question here, Danny. Um, when when one is wanting to do investments, mm-hmm. um, do they uh, when they go to look for uh, an advisor to do their investments, should they uh, should they get one that's on commission or a private investor? Which one would be the most uh, valuable to have as an investor? Because plenty of people don't know 
um, how to, if they want to invest into something, you know, they usually get one that is on commission, right. and sometimes it doesn't work out well. But if they want to go to go get a an advisor that is uh, private, you know, where there is a set salary, you know, then they could probably, um, you know, have have a better an advisor, as they would say. What do you right. think about that? You know, it, it just either way, no matter which way they get paid through commission or a set fee up front, the important thing is you have to feel comfortable with them. And, you know, I would use, you know, referrals. And don't just sit down with one advisor. I would go to a multiple number of advisors and just see if they're going to be working for you because that's their goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their job. And mm-hmm. you have to, you know, go to bed at night. The number one per- the person that cares the most about your finances is that person that stares back at you in the mirror each morning. I mean, okay. you are it. So, you know, it, it, to me, you know, I use someone that, you know, we pay, you know, a commission based on a monthly, you know, pay. I mean, it's through mutual funds you buy loaded shares, not unloaded shares. You know, it's kind of a complicated matter. But, you know, I that's the way my uh, my financial advisor gets paid is just, you know, may, it's not that large of an amount each month because, you know, we don't invest a huge amount each month. But, um, you I know, see. that's the way he gets paid. So. To me, I would just, you know, ask someone that you trust, ask a friend, a relative, you know, someone that you see is doing well financially, and just pick their brain. Sit down and talk to them and say, okay, hey, man, I want to know, who who do you use and why? And just get as much information, you know, for yourself before you go into it. And then, like I said, I would visit with a few financial advisors before you make that decision and just, you know, ask them some questions and see which one answers them to, to, you know, what you want and your, you know, what you like the best. Okay, that's good stuff, Danny. That's good stuff. I want to also state that Danny was featured, Mr. Kofke, was featured on Fox Atlanta's morning show on, on I guess that's a good day, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and, and he has a clip on that, and I will give that information towards the end of, the, of, of our show where you can uh, look at that. Also, he was interviewed by the Daily Buzz television show, and also he was featured on Atlanta's Atlanta's 11 Alive News. Wow, you've been on a lot of news here. (laughs) And he's been featured on Laura Rowley's Money and Happiness column on Yahoo Finance. Um, Geez, he's been – Danny has been involved – and been brought on different shows and news to teach and to talk on these various of issues dealing with economics and how to recover even if you are on a teacher's salary. It's really important that uh, people get involved in this kind of uh, topic because, um, you know, you have people that cry victim all the time, oh, woe is me, I ain't got no money, and they're taking all my money, but here is a gentleman that is willing to share his ideals that will be able to give you another perspective of thinking of what to do with your money in order to build yourself. i got a, one more question to ask you, Danny, and that question is, how do you own all of your possessions, including your cars and houses? You just you know, don't overspend. You buy cars. You know, first off, what Tracy and I did for uh, three years, we had one car. And, uh, you know, I knew okay. I wanted her to be a stay-at-home mom. And obviously being a school teacher, we don't make, you know, that big of a salary. So we couldn't afford to have large car payments or have a couple car payments. So 
There were days I rode my bike to work. I would hitch rides if I had to. But we paid off. Uh, we had a, a brand new car actually, and we paid it off in two years. Which I wouldn't buy brand new anymore. That was a you know a, a mistake that we made. But it was paid off in two years in full. So that's you know what oh, we, okay. do. we we don't get into. We don't use credit cards except for emergencies, and it gets paid off every single month. But every you know, we month. save up. We if say if we want to see a TV, you know, say it costs you know easy number twenty four hundred dollars. Let's say mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. putting on a credit card. We'll put two hundred dollars aside for each month, and then at the end of the year, twelve months aside two hundred dollars is twenty four hundred dollars, and then we go buy the TV in cash, and you know that way we stay out of credit card debt because so many people don't realize how much. The the, the opposite is true when you think about the compounding interest, where if you invest you know a hundred dollars a month, absolutely. you can earn a lot of money. With credit cards, the same thing. You you know the interest that you get nailed with. If you went and bought a, a Say you spent $5,000 on a credit card, and you just made the minimum monthly payments, which are usually about 2.5% of the balance. So you made minimum monthly payments on that $5,000 purchase. By the time the loan is paid off, you would have paid almost $19,000. Wow. That's wow. Yeah. That's so, awesome there. Yeah, that's so something that's, else. Yeah. So that's why you know we try not to, you know, like I said, for emergencies only, and our credit card gets paid off each month because the interest. I mean, you make, you know, 24% of interest a year is, you know, what a lot of credit cards charge. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of interest. So it sure you know, is. That's a key. Don't don't get into credit card debt because it is so hard to get out of. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for that. And I'll remember that for myself because sometimes I can be a splurger and, and, and have to pay for it later. So definitely I will keep that in mind, even for myself. There's a caller that's on the line that perhaps want to have a comment or a view on on what we're talking about. And I would like to um, introduce this caller, caller 2935. If you have anything you want to say, stand up, speak up, and speak out on the topic that we're talking about on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Are you there? Hello? Caller 2935. I'm calling your last four digits of your telephone number. Are you there? Would you like to have anything to say? Okay, well, we think that the caller just wants to listen in on this. Okay, Danny, we'll keep right on talking. Okay. Okay. All right. And and so I am going to turn you over to my co-host. And I told you about my co-host, and uh, his name is Brother Blondie. And uh, I am going to let him and you have, you know, time to talk together. And he would like to ask you some questions. So, Brother Blondie, jump on in when you're ready right here. Uh, uh, th- thank you again. And, uh, uh, Danny, uh You've invested in uh, Roth IRAs and uh, 403VS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you established a weekly budget and live a financially secure life on a, uh, a modest uh, salary. But my question to you is: is uh, uh, you've fe- you've been featured on uh, all these uh, programs? You you know about the finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been more on the weekends, uh, a little bit more now. Been watching Clark Howard. Uh, uh-huh. How much credibility do you give uh, Clark Howard of uh, CNN? And do you do you have you gotten any advice or tips from uh, 
uh, Clark Coward that uh, made you uh, succeed and, you know, living on a teacher's salary? That's cool, because uh, Clark Howard, actually, where I am, um, we're outside of Atlanta, so Clark's based in Atlanta, so his home station, actually been in the same studio that he broadcasts from on a different radio show, so, uh, you know, I'd love to be on his show, but, um, you know, he, he definitely gives some wonderful advice, and especially for consumers on, you know, how to save money, trips, you know, and a lot of different things, and, um, you know, the thing is with with him, I mean, I kind of, we were pretty financially frugal, you know, I've been for, for you know, quite a while. So when I started listening to him, we were actually in kind of the position that we're in right now, you know, before I, I started tuning in regularly. So, um, you know, he just gives advice. It kind of solidifies what we do and just shows that, you know, we are on the right track and, um, you know, some of the stuff that he talks about to do that we've already done and, you know, continue to do. So, it definitely, you know, just kind of helps keep keep us motivated and know that we are on, you know, on the right path. You know, the hard thing with with him sometimes is, you know, on his radio show, I mean, he really is tight. I mean, I mean, there's it's okay. I'm very frugal with money, but some some of the stuff that I've heard that he does, I mean, he he takes it to an extreme. I mean, I think he's used said something like the same disposable razor for like three years. I think when he gets out of the shower, he blow dries it to keep the blade fresh. I mean, so he definitely he goes pretty <laughs> nah, far. Nah, goes, wait, 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 wait. Then you need to tell me he gives advice on putting a blow dryer on a razor blade. Yes, so he it has can last before. Longer? Yes, he definitely he some of the stuff that he talks about. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm like more power to you if you want to do it, but. Yeah, it it can be pretty wild, some of the things he does to save some money. But, I mean, it works for him. So, you know, whatever works, go for it. <laughs> yes, and, yes, and, you know, having uh, uh, said said that, now, be, being that you're on a teacher's salary, I want to ask you this because you're you're still a, a, a teacher. Mm-hmm. I want to put you on the other side to the, the equation okay. of of this. Now, yes, you've invested in stocks and all those other type things, but you still have the passion as a as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And even if if the uh, school system does give you a raise in your uh, salary that you uh, uh, need and all that to uh, take care of both your uh, uh, wife and and your two young uh, daughters. At the same time, you still have to rely on the votes so that you can uh, stay in work. How much do you go out door to door uh, during the summer or when your job is uh, on the ballot to to con- to convince the uh, uh, voters, hey, if you if you vote for this levy and this stuff, not only will we get books and all those type things, but at the same time, I will still continue to be the best compassionate teacher that I can possibly be and will continue to work hard on your child getting that proper education. I mean, I definitely, you know, to as many people as possible, you know, tout what we do and, and, you know, and how important it is to, um, you know, to fund education. But the, the hard thing is right now it's so... People don't want to hear sob stories right now because there are a lot of people that are hurting. So, I mean, it, it is a more difficult environment right now to kind of 
to complain and even say, I mean, we've actually, this school year, we just got word last month that we've been furloughed for three days. So, I mean, we go now three days this school year without any pay. And it could be, you know, we could have more added on to that. But it's even hard to complain about that because there are so many people out of jobs right now. And it's just it's just a different environment. I think, you know, once the economy comes back and people are working more again and people's, you know, lives are a little better, then we can kind of tend to focus on the education matters, right, you know, and start improving that. But right now, you know, it's a, for a lot of people, they just they can't see outside of the nightmare that they're living in. And, you know, to and most people, you know, they think schools are important and they want their children to have the best, you know, upbringing. But, you know, if you're worrying about paying your electric bill this month, it's kind of hard sometimes to focus on other things, too. So, you know, I absolutely right. doubt and, you know, say how important it is. But, you know, to to try to tell people, you know, to pass this bill, to, to give us more money, it's kind of a, it's a hard uh, area right now because, you know, I do feel very fortunate that, you know, we still have, you know, jobs and, you know, and actually, you know, have a job that I enjoy. So, you know, whatever, you know, money we make, you know, I'll do the best I can to, to make it work and, uh, you know, to just squeeze in and, and maybe eliminate some things out of our daily budgets if have to just to um, to continue to do what I do. I, I, I want to ask you one more uh, question. Okay. Um, you're cut out totally, so I don't know if you can hear me, but... Uh, oh, okay, uh, now I can... Good. That's good, excuse me, I'm sorry, but uh, I wanted to ask you uh, an, an investment uh, uh, question, though, and, and this is for our audience, and, you know, myself and uh, Lottie Miss Claudia. Uh, give us, you, you, you know, a few tips on, you know, how to, you, you know, for the beginners, mm-hmm. uh, what what to invest, what kind of investment uh, uh, should anybody make or or how to even make an investment do we go to a bank or do we go to uh, Charles Schwab or any uh one, one of those uh uh, uh things uh, please give us some details on that okay i mean you first have to see what your um your style is i mean like your comfort zone some people which i don't agree with but some people aren't comfortable investing in stocks and mutual funds and they would much rather put their money in savings bonds CDs, those types of things, but the problem with that is that inflation will eat those earnings away. So, you know, that's a hard line, but if, you know, it's up to you, and if that's what makes you sleep well at night, then, you know, by all means, that's your choice. You know, but if you're ready to go ahead and invest in mutual funds, because that's the hard thing, when stocks, mutual funds, they're not a guarantee. I mean, it will probably be there. I think they're going to be there. Many, many people in our country still invest in it, so obviously they think, you know, that they will earn money, but there is no guarantee, as opposed to, you know, a money market account, CDs, um, savings bonds. They're a guarantee, but that's why their interest is, you know, it pays so little, the interest rate on them, relatively speaking. So, you know, that's your comfort zone. But if you're ready to make that jump and go ahead and invest in the stock market, then, you know, like I was um, mentioning before to Lardy Miscardi, um, you know, I would seek out someone that you admire, you look up to, and maybe a mentor someone that does well financially and pick their brain and see who they see. 
Yeah, some of the people, Charles Schwab, I mean, that's a reputable financial company, so, you know, absolutely you can go there. Edward Jones, another one, AIG Valak, you know, those are some big companies that they do have financial advisors that can handle, you know, your mutual funds or stocks for you. But, you oh, know, oh, oh, oh. okay. No, 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 I mean, time, to, the, the time out. I had to interrupt because I heard you say AIG. Why Why in the world would we make any in, in, in investment of a group like that that's been asking uh, for a bail, bailout since what? Uh, Bush and the the, the McCain Obama feud. <laughs> I, I, I you got to explain AIG, sir. Well, AIG, Valak is, and actually Valak is under their umbrella, but Valak is, it was like their financial services company. So actually, what I've understood now is Valak is breaking away and another company is taking them over. But they, you're not investing in AIG themselves. You're investing. It's in the company. It's just they have stock you know, financial advisors under that umbrella of the company. But you're really not investing. You're not, it's, you know, the AIG that we hear about that got bailed out, that's kind of, that's a different entity. That's more on the mortgage-based thing, the securities, you know, the, the subprime loans that they, you know, kind of went bankrupt with. It doesn't have to do with the investing part of it. But like I said, mainly it's not really, it's Valak. Right now it's AIG Valak, but like I said, Valak is kind of breaking off of them and going with someone else. So, you know that, but no, I mean that. You know, and like you said, if you're not comfortable, just you know, you hear about AIG in the news and stuff. So you know, that would be someone that you wouldn't feel comfortable with, and absolutely, you know, wouldn't go to them. But there are a lot of people that still do and use, you know, their advisors, you know, to to invest for them in their mutual funds. Oh, and and you know, once once again, uh, uh, thank thank you again for you know uh, giving us you, you know great tips on. Or you know how you know how the stocks uh, work in investment and all that. And on that note, we are uh, t- uh, bringing this back to the one and only Lardy Miss Clardy. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Brother Blondie. And Danny, I am just, I am like elated over just hearing this stuff because, again, if no one else is getting anything out of this, I am. So I am going to go, and we're going to take a break for a second here, and then we will be back, and we'll talk more on how to thrive on a teacher's salary by one and only Danny Kofke. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
Do you remember the time? Boy, how many times I can remember a time, I'm telling you. Welcome back to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And again, we are celebrating a gentleman's birthday today. And it is all about his music today. And so I'm going to roll it right on back over here to Brother Blondie so that he could play back what was played, but I do remember. Oh, well, you know, Lardy, Miss Cardi, I had to uh, play some 90s Michael Jackson. That was uh, Remember the Time from the 1991 uh, Platinum LP, Dangerous. That's uh, going out to the Brandies uh, uh, that's been listening to us uh, throughout the whole entire uh, show. And these are first-time listeners, Lardy, Miss Cardi. So we both, you know, welcome you. Uh, to the uh, Blog Talk uh, radio show. And, you know, we we respected your opinions and your views throughout the whole entire show, and I'm also glad to have uh, Danny Kofke on the uh, uh, show giving us 
his expertise on how to survive on a teacher's salary. Holy Joe Clark Batman, are you kidding? I mean, Boy, do you have to go that far? Uh, 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 I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to laugh. You know, this is a fun time. We're having a good time at what we do. So please forgive us, you know. Um, definitely we want to continue to get this education um, because it's really, really important you know, for all of us to know what to do to have a little bit more money in our pockets when we are struggling. And, you know, and Danny, he has a very, very good point and good pointers on what we can do to invest our monies in different areas where we can get the most out of our, out of our financial situation. So back to Danny. Danny, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. And, Danny, thank you again for being on our show, willing to give us this information. I said that if there was no one else that would listen, I'm listening. You hear? Because, you know, I'm always needing some help in this area. I'm not going to tell no fib about that. You know, (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty good with balancing a little bit, but, you know, I need a little more Structure, and you're giving me that structure. I wanted to ask the question about how do you invest in on Roth IRAs and 403 BS? You know, I don't know what that means. What's BS? Well, actually, Bs. 403 Bs are. Oh, 403 Bs. Yeah, it's like a 401k, except it's for um, nonprofit organizations like schools, so very similar um, to a 401k, except, you know, to the school district. And uh, a Roth IRA. That, to me, is probably the, the best option for most people. And there's, certain okay. in, there's certain income limitations with it, but, you know, mm-hmm. for the average person, it, it won't, you know, affect, you know, you'll be able to do it. But with a 403B, it's like a 401K. You invest the money before taxes are taken out. So, you know, let's just say okay. you, That's let's, cool. Yeah, well, let's say if you're in the – I like that. Well, here, you know, there's some different rules, you know, rules of thought to it. But let's just say you're in the 20% income bracket, you know, mm-hmm. so let's say if you invest $100 a month in a 403B, really you're only missing $80 out of your check because, you know, it's, it's taken out before the taxes. Wow. So, but then, you know, when it's time, when it comes time that you want to cash it in, and with a 403B, you have to start taking it out. There's mandatory distributions at age 70 and a half. So you have to start doing it by then. Um, then you're going to be hit with, you know, your the taxes you're going to be paying on it. With a Roth IRA, okay. this is the cool thing about a Roth IRA. Right now you invest in it and you do it after taxes are taken out. So if you know it's taken out of a debit account, checking account, whatever. But right. once you hit 59 and a half with the Roth IRA, you can start taking your money out, and the money is tax free. You've already okay. You've already I paid like the taxes. That. Yeah, see, that's what I like better too. You've already paid your taxes. Yeah, on I it. like that. So, and the cool thing about that, the a Roth IRA too, is there are no forced mandatory distributions. So, like with a 401k, 403b, there are. Let's just say you're set for life when you get older. You don't want to have to touch your nest egg, your your Roth IRA. You don't have to take anything out, and you can leave it for your heirs if that's what you choose. And another cool thing is the money that you invest in a Roth IRA, if you've done, if mm-hmm. you've invested for five years, not mm-hmm. the money that you've earned, but the money that you invested. So if you invest $100 a month, that's $1,200 a year. Let's say right. you do that, 
you can take that money out. So it's almost like a forced savings account, and you can That's take that out great. without penal- penalty free. So 401 k oh. you cannot. So just you okay. know, like I said, talk to a financial advisor if you're thinking about getting into it, and then you know they can explain the rules a lot better than I can. You know, mine's just a basic overview. But then pick what you know option would be best for you. Okay, thank you, thank you. Now you know I like that, Danny. I think <laughs> that I'm gonna try that one myself. Now, another part that I want to know about is because you're going to have to put me on an established weekly budget. Uh-huh. Explain to me how do I get on a weekly budget. Right. And, and that's for anybody else that want to listen out there that want to establish a weekly bu- budget because I know that I need a little structure. Help yeah, me out, absolutely. Danny. This is the most important thing. I mean, you know, it's great to invest for your retirement, but – when you can't see the week-to-week things and think, man, I don't have enough money to pay for my groceries, let alone 30 right, years down the right. road, this is the key, I think, and you have to get control before you worry about anything else. For you know, I think the reason that we're in the financial mess that we're in for a lot of people is uh-huh. that they just don't realize where their money is going. And, yes, fancy cars, expensive homes, they hurt. But for the average person, I, I think it's those everyday purchases that we just don't realize we're making, $5 here, $10 there. I mean, let's say you eat lunch out every single day during the work week. Let's just say it's cheap, $5 a pop. Well, that's $5 yeah. a day, that's $25 a week, $100 a month, $1,200 a year. On a teacher's yeah. salary, $1,200 a year can go a long way. So okay. the key, you have to realize where your money is going. And, you know, what worked for Tracy and myself is after we got married, for the first, one of the, you know, shortly after, we walked around with a piece of paper and a pencil for one month, and we wrote yes. down everything we spent. And okay. you know, for some people, they think it's difficult, but it was in black and white in front of us on a piece of paper. You know, some people like, like to use that. computers, spreadsheets. We kept mm-hmm. it as simple as possible. But by writing it down, at the end of the month, we were able to look and see, wow, we ate dinner out six times this month. We can cut that back right. four times. Cut that oh, my back. goodness. Right. You realize, you know, that we went to the movies three times. Well, we don't need to go <laughs> that many times. But just things like that, that if we hadn't written it down, Simple we, wouldn't stuff. Real, we wouldn't have realized it because it's right. not that big of an amount. Then, Excellent. So we had our monthly what we needed to spend. Then we, we kind of developed a, a spending plan for the month and said, okay, we need this set amount to get us by for the month. Right. Then what worked for us when we first started off, we went to a cash-only system. We figured out how much we needed on a weekly basis for food, transportation, a little entertainment. I mean, it's okay. You know, you want to go out and enjoy yourself too. And then the key to this is every Friday we'd go to the ATM machine and pull out that exact amount in cash. This is all the money that we had to get us through the week until the next Friday. So let's just say it got to be the next Wednesday night and we had no money left. Well, I guess we're eating cereal or we're eating leftovers for dinner. We have to uh-huh. wait until Friday before we can have any more money. And, you know, and this may sound far-fetched, and some people, you know, I've talked to, and they tried, and, you know, they failed a couple times at it. But if you stick to it, you will develop a control over your finances. It, won't, you'll, it will prevent you from overspending if you only use the money that you have set aside to spend. And I... you're going to know exactly where your money is going. And a big thing, too, is, You'll spend less. Most people will find this because when you use cash to buy something, there is an emotional attachment to that. You you know how hard you've worked to get that cash. When you swipe a piece of plastic through a machine, for a lot of people, there's no attachment to a a piece of plastic just going through a machine. 
And right. there's actually studies that show um, you'll spend 12 to 18 percent more if you use credit cards over cash. So you know you can definitely you know it'll help you spend less. And another advantage of using cash, especially in today's times, and I know here in the states we're not good at this, or a lot of people aren't, but you can negotiate. Cash speaks. Cash is king right now. Um, you know, rereading the paper here on the news, a lot of stores uh-huh. are closing. Stores are struggling. You go on the cash and you want to buy something, especially like a big ticket item. Like I mentioned earlier, right. the TV. If you want, say, if you see a TV, I actually had a friend. She wanted a thousand dollar TV. I said, go in the store with seven hundred dollars in cash and you'll get it. And sure enough, she wow. Did. Yeah, you're right because. The way things are now, you know, even though they are saying that we're out of a recession, that still doesn't mean anything because cash does talk mm-hmm. and it's bigger, and they'll be willing to, as you said before, Danny, to negotiate. And right. that's awesome. That's some. That's awesome. You know, and I need to remember that. You know, I'm so used to, you know, taking my little Visa card and says, just get it, and not even think about those those. Very, very small things that could count uh, that will save you money, and as well as you know, you know, save save stuff from happening to your card too. Because on a credit card, you know, they can charge fifty cent on a dollar, mm-hmm. you know, and they're still taking stuff out and taking money from you. Absolutely. And so you're 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 absolutely right about that. And I forgot about that. How many people? have forgotten about that, you know, that you can actually take cash money and go in and negotiate. I wonder why we don't want to negotiate. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I wonder why we don't want to go in and negotiate, you know, and we got money and they're willing to, you know, to, to negotiate, you know. And, and, and what I'm looking at is that to establish this weekly budget, you know, man, this is almost like it's so structured, it's, you know, and the more you do it, it's, it sounds like a diet, you know. If you really want to lose weight, you got to stick to it. You know, it's the same thing with your with your finances. If you want to grow your finances, you have to stick to a structure that will work best to keep you from, you know, being financially uh, depleted, you know. Now, we have eight minutes to the clock, uh, and, and Brother Blondie wants to ask you a question. And, um, and, and so I'm going to send, send Brother Blondie on in so that he could talk to you. And, right. Brother Blondie, what is your question? And this is my final question for uh, Mr. Danny Kofke. And this is, I think, the most important question of all in terms of investing now on a teacher's salary. Now, yes, you are a school teacher, but you're also a husband and a father. Mm-hmm. How? Uh, what type of plan does you and your wife have right now to invest in uh, both your daughter's uh, future in terms of education, in uh, uh, terms of, uh, you you know, maybe you being a school teacher if uh, you don't feel comfortable with the proper education that your kids are getting in uh, public schools, you -hmm. you know, what are you doing to make that investment to uh, put them in a private school or possibly a, uh, a chartered school because at uh, some point when you do make an an investment on on any uh, uh, salary, the uh, question is, what are you doing uh, uh, to financially uh, be prepared uh, 
for your children's future? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, a great question. Um, you know, actually, we, for the future, you know, we we invest a, a little bit each month for um, for Avonella for their college expenses down the road. Um, it's not a, a huge amount, and this is where you know I think you got to be important to where, where people need to realize. It's more important for you to invest in yourself first than your kids. And I know some people would say, you're crazy. What are you thinking? But, you know, if, if Tracy and I aren't, if we don't have a retirement fund set up for ourselves, you know, I don't want to eat dog food when I'm 70 because I don't have any money. I don't want to have to move in with Ava and Ella when I'm that age to, you know, because I don't have any money. You can get student loans to go to college. You can't get retirement loans when you're retired. So it's more important at this point to, you know, I think it's great to invest for your children's future, but you also have to look out for yourself, too. But I'm saying that, what what we've done, I mean, it's a sacrifice. Tracy, you know, has stayed home now for five years and without work. You know, I shouldn't say that, without a job. She she has the hardest work in the world being a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, her teacher's salary is about $40,000 a year. So for five years, that's almost a $200,000 investment that we're making right now to have her stay at home and raise our children until they That's go. That's not to bad. You know, and, and it, we look at that as an investment. Instead of them going to a daycare, they get to stay home with mom. So stay home with mom. Right. We're investing that right now. Actually, we have looked into private schools. The fortunate thing is my school, I teach at an elementary school, and it's, um, it's about two miles from the house. And mm-hmm. Ava just started kindergarten last month, so, or this month, beginning of this month, the beginning of August. And the, the good thing about, you know, me being in, at a school, teachers, you know, at some schools, at my school, my principal is kind enough to let teachers have the luxury if they get to, um, you know, choose the teacher that they want their child to be in. So I got, you know, I get to, hopefully we'll be able to choose Ava, and then when Ella goes to school, their teacher each year. And I have good relationships and try to get around to as many classrooms as possible. So, you know, I try to pick the teacher that I think would be the best fit, you know, and I'll continue to do that for my children. But an important thing, and I think parents have to remember this, even, you know, coming from a teacher, but, you know, as a parent as well, is that school is important. And I think, you know, kids, you you want your child to go to the best school possible, but it also counts what you do at home as well. I mean, if you send your child to school and you do not do anything with them at home, they can have the greatest teacher on earth. But uh, it's going to be uh, a little harder than if you had a, a parent that's really involved and that, you know, works hand-in-hand with the teacher to make their child, you know, a, a better, you know, I guess a better student and then ultimately turn, you know, a productive citizen in society. So, you know, that that's a, a huge investment in itself, I think, it, time. I mean, you know, sitting down after school with your children, working on their homework, you know, with them if they need help, talking about their uh-huh. day, practice reading, you know, all those little things, you know, are, are investments for your child's future and, and, you know, in their education as well. So it doesn't just have to be setting money aside for college. You can be investing right now in their lives to enrich it. And then, you know, maybe by doing that right now, who knows, down the road they might get college, college scholarships because of the time you've invested, and then you're going to get, you know, in a way save money in the future because of that. Well, thank you for that, Danny. That's awesome. That's awesome information right there. And you know, and we only got but three minutes that is on the clock here. And I guess this will be what we will say to this, Danny. Thank you so much for sharing 
you know, about how to thrive. Matter of fact, how to live a financially secure life on a modest salary, as you would call it. You know, because this is about investing in on yourself, and once you're invested in, then everyone that you bring into your life is also going to be well-established. And I really do think that that's a most important piece that you just spoke about here in the last minutes that we have talked because that's very important to understand that. And at this time, um, I would like to... Uh, you know, give, how can people get in contact with you? You know, can you give some information, you know, uh, for them to find a way to contact you? And then after you give that, then it will be time for us to close down. But I would love to have you back on the show again so we could talk about it again. Give us some information how the people can find you, Danny. Okay, actually, I have a blog page which has uh, some contact info on it, but probably the easiest way, because I think my blog page, it comes up first uh, most of the time if you do a Google search. So if you just mm-hmm. type in my name, Danny Kofke, D-A-N-N-Y-K-O-F as in Frank, K-E on Google, I'm pretty yeah. sure usually the number one item is my blog spot page, so you can just click on that, and there is you know, some of the things you were talking about with the, um, the TV appearances, some of the newspapers, magazines, and stuff. I have that links to it, so you know people can see that, and also my email address is on there, so uh, you can see uh, you know pretty much my life and my book on my blog page. <laughs> okay, okay, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you very much for that information, and for all those listeners that are out there, I want to thank you very much for listening in on the Lardy, Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, and what we're going to vamp on out of here with is working day and night from off the wall um, uh, album and all I want to say is that anybody that has anything in their life that they need to do is to stand up speak up and speak out on whatever it is Danny I want to thank you for coming on to the show and you have a wonderful evening and I will and hope you will want come back onto the show and share some more about the tips on how to thrive off of teachers' uh, salary. Thank you very much for your time. Thank Thank you you so much. much. You're more than welcome. And I will stay in contact. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. You too. And Brother Blondie as well. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you.